KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company. Schleider Painting, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. It is 11.06, and I'm not Scott Mosby. I am Brian Kelly, and I am sitting in for Scott today. Actually, I'm just kind of facilitating this program. Joshua Dunlap from Mosby Building Arts is here, and he is a home consultant there. And Joshua, thanks for being here this morning. Oh, Brian, thank you for having me. So tell me what you do at Mosby Building Arts. Well, as a home consultant, it is my job to respond to folks who are showing interest in a project. So I go out and I meet with them. I look over what they have to what what might be going on in their house. Sometimes it's looking at damage, and sometimes it's looking at uh, the existing space just to see what kind of uh, uh, project they might have in mind. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, we kind of spitball some numbers, you know, work on some designs and kind of see where the path might lead. And I guess uh, this year, have you had a lot of water damage that you've had to look at? This year, being particularly wet, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Wet basements, moisture in the attic, condensation issues. Uh, it's just really kind of hot and humid out there right now. So we're seeing stuff response to, in response to that. But then, like, seasonal changes, we also are dealing with you know, just groundwater being you know, changing and things like that. So yeah, absolutely, water's been a and always is kind of a kind of a huge concern. If you have water problems or want to talk about some other issues at your home, you can reach us at four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. And so, Joshua, what are some of the the hot updates that people are looking at? I know kitchens and bathrooms have been big for a while. Is that still pretty much the case? Kitchens and bathrooms will pretty much always rule the roost. Uh, it's it's one of the highest density areas in in a house where it gets the most traffic. Uh, kitchens are usually the nexus or the central hub of the house. Everybody's going through the kitchen, and then of course you know we spend a lot of time in our bathrooms, making sure we're ready for the day and all that. And you know we're looking at it every single day, so it's it's a space where we want it to be right and make us comfortable. And and uh, so yeah, definitely kitchens and baths are a high priority. So if you have questions about any of that or anything to do with your home, any repairs, again, the number is 436-7900, We will get to your calls with Joshua Dunlap from Mosby Building Arts here on the Helitech Home Improvement Show in just a couple of minutes. It's 11.08. And this is Brian Kelly and for Scott Mosby today on the Helitech Home Improvement Show, Joshua Dunlap. From Mosby Building Arts is here. He's a home consultant, and he will consult with you about anything you need done with your home or any ideas you might have, thinking about doing some remodeling. You have to do some remodeling. Need to make some repairs with all the rain we've had. you got a leak in that roof, anything along those lines. Give us a call at 436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Joshua, we talked about how wet it has been. We heard in the news about the West Nile virus and then, a lot of people, a lot of yards have, you know, puddles, and there's a lot of that going on. A lot of houses are finding leaks. Water will find a, a spot to get through if there is one there. What kind of advice do you have for people right now if they're dealing with something that is leaking or they have uh, some other water humidity-type issues? Uh, call us and let's get it fixed. Uh, it's, it's not something you want to let go too long because uh, water over time will just damage everything you got, and it, it's... It requires replacement at that point. Um, drainage around the outside of the house, making sure your gutters are in good shape, making sure your roof is in good shape. Let's get that that outer jacket of your house in as good a shape as you can because that's really your first line of defense when it comes to managing most of the moisture. But then on the inside of the house, we also have heating and cooling, uh, air conditioning, cooking, and all that kind of stuff, managing the moisture inside of the house as 
uh, that we breathe and respirate and things like that, you know, that moisture needs to be handled in a, in a meaningful way so we don't cause problems with mold and, and other kind of nasty stuff like that. Yeah, you really do have to jump on it because it, it will just sit there and create more and more damage if you don't get on it. Oh, yeah. It's, um, and when we're dealing with molds, I mean, that's a living organism. It's, it's trying to grow and propagate just as much as you, and it likes being in the house as much as you do. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a battle, and you, kinda, you, you need to put the right tools in your hand to win that, win that fight. Let's go to the phones, and Donna's first up today here on, what was that? Mike. Mike. Oh, okay, Mike is first up here on the, the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Good day, Mike. How are you? Good morning. Glad to hear your show. I'm a do-it-yourselfer, and we have a problem with our roof right now. We had a new roof put on after the major hailstorm about 15 years ago, and the flashing around uh, some of the areas on the roof are kind of bowing up, kind of tenting the roof tiles. And I want to know, one, what caused it, and two, how to repair it. Uh, typically what I see when, you know, if you're talking like where like at the sidewall of the house comes and meets and you have like step flashing running up and you'll see the, the shingles kind of curve up a little bit. Is that what you're talking about? No, around the flashing, the flashing actually is bowing up. Flashing usually around the chimney or around the pipe. It sits flat on the roof, but the edges are kind of coming up and tenting the shingles underneath them. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, that on... Is essentially coming from the expansion and contraction of the roof itself as it heats up and cools down through the day. Uh, you know, the, it's it's very subtle, but you do see some some movement. And over time, that metal is going to deform more, and it's going to hold its shape more than uh, anything else on the roof, where the the shingles or any other kind of roofing material really gets pliable, and it will kind of follow whatever shape is there. So you, you might need to get up there and uh, look at how it's fastened and just making sure that your nails are into some good wood and holding that flashing down. Yeah, there's about a three-inch gap in a couple areas now, and I was just wondering, one, if I should get up there and take some roof cement and put a big brick on the flashing and kind of glue it down, or two, actually put a screw or a nail through it and then reseal the, the tiles. I'd definitely do the fastening of the, the brick, you know, the, the, you know, over time might slide off or something like that. Uh, but roofing cement is kind of a mixed bag, uh, properly flashed. Uh, and if you use the shingle method, you shouldn't really need a whole lot of sealant. But it can, in a, in a pinch, uh, definitely make some seals and, and help you bond something to uh, to bond two services together. But uh, fasteners, getting into good wood is usually your, your best bet. All right. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. You're very welcome, Mike. Thanks. All right. Thank you very much, Mike, for the call at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. The number's the call. And, Joshua, I've heard you mention the roof cement, that it's kind of a mixed bag. I was told at one time that you really shouldn't put much roof cement. That's not a great idea. If you do have a leak around some flashing like that, uh, is is that a good option? Um, in my opinion, Roof sealants of any kind is a temporary solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I mentioned, the shingle method, and that's basically where each layer is layered over top of the one below it. And if water comes down to the top, it's going to run down and then over and over and over and over until it finally uh, leaves the roof or whatever. Uh, when you're dealing with a sealant, you know a lot of times you'll use it in sparingly in strategic locations, like around the sides of some some roof uh, penetrations. Uh, but if you're gooping lots of like black sticky sealant around a pipe or something like that, you ought to look at flashing that pipe properly so you don't have to worry on a sealant because a sealant will fail over time. It will 
uh, lose its elasticity, and then it's you, you got to get back up there and goop on more and then more. <laughs> it's I, a never-ending battle. I have to tell him myself, I had a leak uh, around some flashing earlier this year, and I went up and I got some of the, it was the clear uh, roof cement, and put that around, and it just didn't seem to help. I couldn't figure out where the water was coming in. I thought maybe there's a low spot there where it's kind of gathering as it rolls down the, the roof, and, and eventually I did have a, a roofer come out, and they looked at it, and they found a problem uh, around the flashing and maybe in the vent itself that they had to fix. And once they did, it didn't take them very long, and, and it's been great ever since. So Yeah. Yeah, so I guess skip the, the cement and get right to the problem and take care of it. Uh, don't hesitate to use a, a sealant in a pinch. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, the next step is call a professional out to take a look and get it fixed right so you so you can sleep well at night and you're not having to worry when the rain comes in if you're going to get a leak or not. Mm-hmm. 436-7900-1800-925, the numbers to call here on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. You were mentioning when we were talking about humidity and dampness, uh, the, the HVAC system. How does it affect that and how can you deal with that? Well, the our houses are getting tighter and tighter as you know new technologies and building practices are employed. You know, certainly there's some older houses out there that have leaky windows and things like that. So they they still have to worry about the moisture that's in the house and and what's happening with it. Uh, bathrooms are, are a great example because if some of these some homes I've been in they don't have a ventilator, and so you'll see on the ceiling the paint starting to peel or plaster starting to come down because over time you know shower after shower after shower that moisture just works its way into the ceiling and starts breaking everything down. Uh, kitchens are kind of the same way. You see around the, the cooking areas and the sinks, you know, if you have like a formica top or, or you know, the, your, the cabinets underneath the sink, you'll see, oh, my gosh, just a couple drips here and there, but a little bit every single day, you'll start that yeah. finish starts going. And, you know, so that's the kind of moisture that's easy to manage. It's the moisture that's we're breathing. And if you have plants in the house and pets and things like that, that's a little bit trickier. Uh, but it, it's all in there, and the goal is to get air moving through the house with your heating and cooling system so you can get that moisture under control. I guess ceiling fans, keeping them operating is a good idea, and then even your 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 blower, even if you're not using the air conditioning or the heat, having the blower on kind of helps circulate things? Absolutely. Um, if you deal with hot and cold spots in your house, you just get some air moving and just kind of get all the air in your house to kind of balance out. That way... When it does make it over the coil or the heating surface in your heating and cooling equipment, you'll you'll kind of heat everything up at the same time so you don't have any hot and cool spots. So that, in turn, translates into more comfort. Sounds good. So good advice here from a Joshua Dunlap at Mosby Building Arts, 436-7900-1800-925-1120. The numbers to call. What about, you were talking about the bathrooms and the, and the humidity there. Is it always a good idea to use the fan when you shower or when, you, when you're going to build up some heat in the, in the bathroom? Under 99% of the time, absolutely. The 1% of the time when that ductwork that's connected to that fan goes into the attic, that's where I kind of give a little bit of pause because really it hasn't left, the moisture hasn't left the house yet. It's just gone to a different spot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if good ventilated attic, it's probably not going to be a problem. But ideally, if you can have that ventilator going to an exterior uh, wall cap or roof boot, that's going to be perfect. But yeah, use it all the time. Uh, don't hesitate to use it because. That moisture is not going to be your friend. Get it out of the house. Even when it's cold and when you get out of the shower, it's cold? (laughs) Uh, I like to let it build up a little bit in there, you know? I would say keep the warmth in there while you're drying off and getting getting ready. But as mm-hmm. soon as you leave the room, pop that fan on and then, you know, let it let it run out. And I'd recommend installing a timer. Uh, you can you can have we we most of our projects we're including a timer on our on our bath fans to kind of mm-hmm. help e- make it easier. 
You press one button, and it run for 15 minutes and shut off, and you don't have to worry about it. Kind of like what they have in a lot of hotels with the, the heat lamp. You put it yeah, on there, and, it, yeah. and it's the same type of thing. This, this is a little more digital, so you get a nice little green light. Uh, you don't have the, the loud... Click, click, click. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good idea. It's 1121 here on uh, the Helitech Home Improvement Show. I'm Brian Kelly, and with Joshua, Joshua Dunlap. And we're at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. And your call is next on KMOX. Scott is off today. I'm Brian Kelly. And alongside to take your questions, the expert on hand is Joshua Dunlap. He is a home consultant at Mosby Building Arts. And you can talk to him at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. So Forbes is out with a list of home improvement trends to watch this year. Now, we're eight months into the year, but still, it's kind of interesting. We'll see if you're seeing these. Uh, Do-it-yourselfers, it says, are more likely to be millennials. Are you seeing more millennials that are that are doing some home improvement type things? I'm seeing more millennials in general, yeah. just getting into the home ownership market and and taking care of the the, the houses that they're getting to. It's it's been a delay. Uh, certainly, there's a lot more boomers and Gen Xers out there uh, on a day to day basis, but the millennials are, are stepping right up. And uh, but yeah, they're very informed. Um, they're doing a lot of research, getting in before they get into a project. And which actually helps out, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I come in and, and they understand a lot about what's going on, there's a lot less education than I have to, to do. And we can just start talking about, hey, what do you want it to look like? Or what are you trying to accomplish here? So, yeah, uh, and a lot of them are hands-on. Uh, they, uh, the skills that we've had in the past where entire generations of tradespeople, you know, it's kind of migrating away from that. So they're kind of coming back around and training themselves and stuff and they say, hey, I'd like to learn how to pound some nails or do some drywall or something like that. I'm like, great. I, I, I endorse that. Welcome it. Yeah. Here, and, but at the same time, knowing where your limits are and knowing when it's right to bring the professionals in, plumbing, electric, <laughs> get the professionals. Well, that's interesting because number two on the list is over-inspiration is a key factor in home improvement regret. Here, here. You look at something, man, I want to do this, and then you realize, you know, maybe that's not right, or you get halfway through it, can't afford it, or something else. Are you seeing some of that, too? You have to kind of talk them off the ledge sometimes? Sometimes. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting to see where people come from and what goes into the inspiration of their project. And, uh, like, kitchens are a great example where they'll see, uh, like, that wolf or Sub-Zero kitchen at the, at the magazine or the home center or something like that, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I need to have that right now. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge cook or whatever. Uh, and then realizing how much weight that carries in the project. And, and you know, it might not be as glamorous, but some insulation and some air sealing might do more for you than a new cooktop. Where are they getting the inspiration? There are all kinds of those remodeling shows. I mean, they're on all the time. The D, you know, the network. There's a whole network dedicated to it, basically. Oh, absolutely. Is that where people nowadays, they see that stuff and they go, I want to do that? I want to have that? Uh, you'd have to talk to a marketing expert to get a little bit better sense of where like, like the most is, but I'd say mm-hmm. almost everywhere. Um, online certainly if, is probably going to win the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, the, you st- there's trade publications that are still being published, and obviously they're doing that for certain reasons. Uh, home shows, the St. Louis Home Show, the St. Charles Home Show, go, there's a ton of people that run, go through there all gathering information. Uh, so I think they're getting it from wherever they can. And they reach out in social media in, in new and interesting ways. Uh, reaching out to their friends in Facebook of, hey, mm-hmm. what did you do? How was that experience? And so they're talking, they're just 
feeling everything out that they can and getting as much information as possible. Your customers are much more educated about what they're getting into, I guess, than they used to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That is Joshua Dunlap. He's a home consultant at Mosby Building Arts. This is Ted from Kirkwood. And Ted, you are on with Joshua on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Hello. Uh, thank you. I had my ducts cleaned after many, 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 many years, and, and the filters changed, and yes, the air is better, but it's just pouring out. There's no control. I have no control mechanism over over the uh, the heaviness of how it comes out. Okay. Um, when they clean the ducts, uh, did they mention anything about balancing dampers or uh, any blocking off anything no. or anything? Uh, cause no, but but I can tell the airflow is, is much heavier. I mean, it's much heavier than it was before, but I can't control it. I can't temper it up or down. Okay. Most most uh, heating and cooling systems, when they're commissioned, um, the, the techs will install dampers within the ductwork. And you'll if you look in the basement, if you have exposed ductwork, uh, you can see the, usually like a little lever on the bottom of a duct, and that's a damper. And that can be positioned to control the volume of air moving through that through that duct. So that's one place to look. If you don't have those or they're not accessible, you might just look at getting a grill that's you know the register mm-hmm. on the floor that has louvers mm-hmm. in it that you can control to help uh, uh, get it to where you want it. Great, thank you. Thank You're very you. welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for the call. And again, 436-7900-1800-925-1120 are the numbers to call to talk with Joshua talking about remodeling and five home improvement trends that we're watching here this season, this year, I should say. I'm such a sports guy. I'm thinking season, of course. Uh, so, uh, Joshua, another item on here is remodeling activity isn't slowing down anytime soon. Now, that's interesting in the sense that I talked to a real estate agent uh, the other day, and he was saying that a lot of people, when mortgage rates got low, they refinanced. So they're not going anywhere because they just refinance their loans. So they're looking to remodel. Is that right? I would say so. Um, certainly, there's you know, remodeling encompasses a wide demographic of people making decisions for lots of different reasons. Uh, I can say that the remodeling industry at large pretty much follows, uh, I'd say, six to eight months behind like new home construction. So when you see the home, new home uh, numbers go up in terms of house sales and things like that, uh, you, you, there's a lag time before you see a rise in uh, in remodeling numbers. Um, but yeah, we, we've seen a groundswell over the last few years of uh, just a lot of motivation and a lot of excitement about doing some work because I think the recession has just kind of really drawn us out and we've gotten tired of looking at the same blue paint or the same <laughs> gnarly kitchen tops or whatever you got. And it's just like, you don't care what's going on. Let's, it's time to do something. Um, and, but a lot of that's also coming from people making lifestyle changes or lifestyle decisions in their house about wanting to stay there longer and be happy with the space that they have and not worry about the guy who's going might be buying that house later or something like that. What so, about rentals? Do you end up working on a lot of rentals or, or do they call you in to get them ready, you know, for the next customer, the next renter? Yes. Uh, but uh, honestly, it's kind of few and far between, um, you know, Mosby, we, we do uh, very good work and we're very proud of it. And uh, that no, doesn't necessarily equate to uh, being a good economical decision for like a landlord or someone like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're usually looking to, to do as little as possible for as mac- the maximum amount of yield. Uh, that being said, um, the you know, folks who live in townhomes or condos or, or things like that, they're, they're, they make uh, significant improvements to their spaces. Um, so, yeah, we, we see 
kind of everything across the board. Uh, but we we don't usually get involved when people are like flipping a house or look, you know dealing with a rental. Uh, house that they're you know changing tenancy or something like that. Right, Joshua Dunlap with us here. He's from Mo- Mosby Building Arts at four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Another on the list from Forbes. The fifth one is the lighting industry is leading the way with home wellness on the rise. The lighting industry is leading the way. Are you seeing a lot of people now with all the technology we have, the different way to light rooms? I've always been a fan of different styles of lighting. Are people looking to get some really neat lighting in their remodeling? Oh, yeah. Um, LED technology has offered us a lot of, of flexibility over, you know, what kind of light, the color of the light, the, the intensity of the light, uh, and even just, you know, the, just turning the light on and off with digital technology and things like that. You can have, you know, you put your smartphone in your pocket and now your lights are kind of following you around your, your house and turning on and turning off. Uh, so yeah, it, it, lighting is is a big thing, and, the, and that's not just the fixtures and all that, but it's you know getting the right color temperature. You'll hear uh, like something's you know X degrees Kelvin or something like that. It's about how blue or white or soft white or or warm the color temperature is because you know we we've gotten used to incandescent, mm-hmm. which is a relatively warm light. It makes us feel good. So you know in the evening we want want a, a warm light on, but in the morning, you might want to go like a very blue, very bright, very kind of morning light to kind of get you perked up and, and ready to go. So LED, you can have the same fixture, the same light bulb doing doing both both things. So it used to be like, what kind of a lampshade do you want? Right. Now it's what kind of a light do you want? Oh, yeah. We, we throw out words like lamping and degrees Kelvin and color temperature, and it's it's, it's pretty, pretty fancy, but pretty quick. But uh, uh, we work with a lot of great people who can... You know, suss all that out for you, and, and just like, what do you want to do? You want to, you know, feel good and be able to read a book at night without having to squint? Not a problem. Oh, work it out. That's neat stuff. Let's go to Mark. He is on the line here, and Mark, welcome to KMOX. Uh, hello. Um, I was having a foundation issue with some cracks and, of course, water leakage, and I know there's several options to I could replace it or stabilize it. I'm just curious what you guys recommend as far as foundation repair. Because my walls are starting to bow in. Well, uh, Helotech would be one of the p- best people to call for an initial consultation. Uh, I usually defer to the expertise of others in 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 technical areas and critical areas like structure and um, your foundations. You know the core of your house. Uh, but but in general, um, horizontal cracks are the ones you need to worry about the most. Uh, vertical cracks are somewhat common, especially with poured foundations, and diagonal cracks um, are kind of in the middle. Uh, maybe a concern, maybe not, but you can usually do something like epoxy injection, polyurethane injection uh, to kind of stabilize it or just keep water from coming in if water is an issue. Uh, but, there, yeah, I'd say give Helitech a call uh, and, see, and have them come out and, and give you some guidance as what what your next steps might be. All right, I can do that. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. All right, thank you very much, Mark. Let's go to Elaine. She is on KMOX on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Um, all right, my, my husband and I, we put in a, a new driveway about three years ago, and um, and we want to get it sealed. And the, uh, he had called uh, one, a person, and they said that because it's turned gray, that it'll need a special sealant. And it'll, you know, of course, there's a difference in the price. Is is that true? Are we talking about an asphalt driveway or a concrete driveway? Uh, a, 
black top. Okay. Um, turning gray is bas- basically when a- asphalt is small stones that are covered with uh, with an asphalt, uh, like a tar-like substance, and then it goes down and it's rolled, and then it, it stratifies as it cools. Uh, when it changes that color, the asphalt that coated the stones on top is basically worn off. Um, so if you want to preserve that gray look, you can go with a gray sealant, but typically it's just a normal... Blacktop coating um, will will work for for covering that. You want to make sure your cracks are are filled and 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 uh, you know everything's uh, uniform. If there's any repairs that need to be done, uh, that, that they're done before you seal. Otherwise, it really doesn't do anything to help uh, mitigate that stuff. Okay, then it's not necessary to use an extra preparation because I, they told me. Uh, getting back to it, when the driveway. Asphalt was put down. It was put down in an old asphalt driveway that was breaking up, and the man was supposed to come back in a year or two and seal it. He never did. However, I found this outfit right here in St. Louis, and when I called them, they come up with a figure first of two hundred some dollars. But when the lady asked uh, if it was uh, gray, gray white, and I said it, but she said then it, it, they'd have to put a special. Uh, primer sealer on it to preserve it, and then the uh, black cop, uh, the, uh, the driveway sealer on top of that. Is that correct or not? I would need to know a little bit more about maybe the particular product that they're installing, and if and if they're using a two-part system or or something like that, that could be entirely accurate. I know there's a lot of different products out there, um, and companies that specialize in, in exclusive products. So I, I would need to do a little bit more uh, research on maybe that particular one, but it, it doesn't sound unreasonable. You know, if you've got a, a, a rough surface or something that needs some some filling or some uh, uh, preparation to make the, the wear surface bond properly, that, that might be what you need. Um, but there are some that are just kind of one coat and you're done. So, so basically it's going to be my choice whether to go with the, with the one sealer or to somebody that... Uh, it appears that they've been in business for quite some time. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just wondering, but I need the driveway to last because my other driveway, I didn't take care of it as much as I should. And over the years, uh, just using a medium price sealer from, like, Home Depot, uh, it, it kind of built, built up and then it flakes off. Right. Well, it, whatever company you use, I mean, it's 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 about a personal fit and making yourself comfortable with what they're what they're offering. Um, if they're going to stand behind the work and offer a, a, a realistic warranty, um, where you can have three, four, five years and not have to worry about it, or if something does happen, you can get reach out and talk to them. Um, I'd say you're probably in pretty good shape. Uh, whereas some of these folks who are kind of uh, come into a neighborhood and they're gone, you never see them again. I'd steer away from those. But if if you got a company with a good reputation. Check the reviews out online, or um, if they've got any published in any other way, and just kind of get a feel for what other people's experiences have been. Well, it appears they've been in business for a long time because the lady told me that uh, there's two. The first time they could get down here in South County would be uh, the second or the fourth of October because that's when their quote unquote machinery would be down here, and also. She said, "If I paid by credit card, they would knock ten dollars off. So instead of four fifteen, it would call me four oh five. That sounds pretty good to me. 
Well, if it sounds good to you and, and you feel comfortable, I think you're probably in pretty good shape. Having a, a company that's been around for a while and, 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 and being able to get a hold of them, should there be a problem, and I hope there isn't, but at least you have someone to, someone to get a hold of. Okay. That, that sounds good. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Your Thank you. And I would give the advice that if you're going to have it done on October 2nd, make sure it's done early because the Blues open the season that night at 7. And they're, going to, they're going to raise the banner. So oh, yeah. you don't want to be out watching your driveway at 7 o'clock, October 2nd. No. No, no. Just a little friendly advice here from <laughs> Ryan Kelly at News Radio 1120 KMOX. Uh, Joshua Dunlap is the expert answering your calls, and you can talk to him at 436 7900 one 925 And we'll go back to the phones in just a few moments. It's 1142. It is 1145 on this Saturday morning, and I'm Brian Kelly. You're going, Dad, that's not Scott Mosby. That's not him. No, this is Brian Kelly, and I am sitting in uh, for Scott today. And Joshua Dunlap is here, and he is the expert. He's the home consultant at Mosby Building Arts, and he will take your calls at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. It's about 80 degrees in St. Louis right now, and the storms moved through this morning. And uh, Joshua, I saw a picture where a tr- big old tree fell right up against, I don't know if it did any damage to a house up in Florissant. Man, you got those old trees. You really got to keep an eye out when you get a storm like this. Oh, you definitely do. Yeah, it's kind of scary looking. Big old and big old uh, root ball came out, and it, it looked like carpeting with the grass. Guy oh, had a beautiful yard, but now the, he's going to have to be cutting up a tree. So uh, be safe out there. Oh, absolutely. Not, we shouldn't have any storms today. Tomorrow, though, we might get some flash flooding. And some strong winds, so be aware of that tomorrow afternoon. So, Joshua, uh, let's go to Brian. He is online with us. And, Brian, you are now on KMOX. Yeah, guys, uh, I thought the listeners might like this. Um, I know a lot of times when people get uh, under-counter dishwashers and stuff like that, that over a period of time you can have soap scum, lime and even rust built up on the inside of the lining of the dishwasher, even on the, on the racks. I found a product in Walmart. It's called Glisten, G-L-I-S-T-E-N. It's called dishwasher machine cleaner. You pour it, you put that in your dishwasher a couple of times and it, um, you know, just run it through the dishwashing cycle. And it'll actually, after a while, actually make the inside of your dishwasher look almost brand new. Well, that's that's very helpful information. I wish I'd have known about that a couple months ago. I pulled my dishwasher apart and uh, clean, got in there and got the manual out and cleaned the filter and spent about two hours with it and got it back to working like it was almost brand new. But if I'd have known there was something like that, that would have, have been really helpful. Yeah, it, 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 I don't know about it getting the filter specifically cleaned up, but, I, you know, after time the filter can get cleaned, you know, gummed up with food particles that are left over on different plates and pans and stuff you're washing it. But this thing will get the racks and the inside lining of it clean. Oh, that's that's good to know. I appreciate that. Okay, lot, no problem. A lot better than tearing it apart, huh? How long did that take you? Uh, it took me about two hours. But uh, you know, so my I'm tr- I I'm a bit of a of a penny pincher, so I try to get as much as I can out of my appliances. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, sadly, the new appliances you buy today, they really only last maybe three or four years before you start seeing problems. Uh, so I've been trying to get my dishwasher to limp along as long as possible. So, yeah, I, I got the manual out, and I pulled the screen off, and I got inside and pulled another cover off, and then 
than the stuff I found. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't know that I'd ever washed Legos in the dishwasher, but sure enough, there's Legos <laughs> in the dishwasher. Uh, but, yeah, I cleaned that filter up and put everything back the way it was, and it, it's cleaning dishes just like it was when day, on day one. So hopefully I got some more life out of that dishwasher. And then you vowed, I can hear you now, I'm going to do this more often. Right? Oh, you bet. You yeah. bet. Oh, yeah. And what are the chances of that? Um, the dishwasher's 12 years old. I think in the next 12 years, I'll see it at least once more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Then how it goes. Yeah, I'm going to do this oh, every month or two. No, no, no. That's now, not now, my, now my clothes washer is giving me a little bit of a, of a, of a headache. So now I think that's the next appliance on my list. Yeah. There's always something, isn't it's, it? Home ownership is great. It's, it was look there's at, always something to do. Isn't there, though? Yeah, and you know, you always want to own a, own a home, and then when you get it, you realize all the work that comes with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's worth it, especially when you can remodel it and make it look beautiful that's, once again. That's true. You can make your own palace. Yeah. You can. And one of the things that's a hot trend, I know, in, in home remodeling is is lighting. We were talking about the lighting, but letting the sun into the house. Do you find a lot of people who want to try to open it up a little bit, maybe, you know, to, to allow more natural light into their homes? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's... Countless studies that talk about how beneficial daylighting is in in the house, and just getting light into uh, interior spaces can just you know, change your whole attitude. Uh, there's a lot of interesting ways of doing it, not just necessarily just big, huge, expensive windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's products out there called sun tunnels. Uh, you basically put a like a dome, kind of a they call it a collector on your roof, and then it's connected to a very, very shiny piece of ductwork that goes down to a, like a hallway or a bathroom in the middle of the house. And it has like a little 14 or 12 inch diffuser on it, and it it the daylight comes down that shiny tunnel and lights up that room, and it, it's it's amazing how much light can come out of that. So kind of a, a skylight, kind of a skylight, but if you're you're sending that light down a ductwork, so you don't have to have that that big unwieldy skylight shaft on your ceiling where all the cobwebs and and stuff develop. But this is completely sealed. It runs through an attic space, and uh, yeah, you can. You can get a lot of daylight into a space where there should there's no windows. It sounds like a laundry chute. Uh, <laughs> you just you kind up of. instead of down. And we used to have one that went into the basement. When I was a kid, I used to love that. It was like having an elevator in your house. I oh yeah, something you know. Oh yeah. But but so you take the same type of thing, but you put it up to the roof and pretty much into the yeah. ceiling. It's, wow. It, it's, the ductwork is is it's just polished to a high mirror, and so the light just anytime the light sees the roof, it just bounces down that little tunnel and. And lights up that that room. That's wow. great. That sounds pretty neat. Yeah. Now, how about here's one. It's, it, uh, it this is a, another improvement trend list, and one of them is bathroom tubs, or lack like, thereof. Yeah. Are we? Are you seeing more people get tubs in their bathrooms? It's. Um, I'd say it's most kind of almost fifty fifty in my really? opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of folks were looking to, to you know taking a look at the whole house, and if they have like two and a half bathrooms. You know, you know, the one tub in the house is pretty much going to get it done, and a, and a lot of folks are going to walk in showers or even wet rooms. If they've got a really small bathroom and they want to extract a lot of space, you can you can put a floor drain in the bottom and kind of turn the whole room into a wet, tolerable space. Uh, you know, the shower is right next to the toilet, and there's no no door in between. Uh, but I've done we've done projects where a master bathroom has a shower and then a big huge soaking tub mm-hmm. uh, I've seen the really really deep Japanese style soaking tubs where you're like up to your neck in uh, nice hot mineralized water it's pretty yeah. awesome um, so yeah there's, there's still definitely uh, people who want to keep bathing options in their house but a lot of folks 
They went in, they went out, they want to get that shower, and they want it to look beautiful, so they're getting rid of the tubs and going to showers. Is that kind of a trend thing where for a while there, everybody's taking their tubs out, and then after a while, they start putting them back in? Uh, yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say f- um, for about five years leading up to now, I think the trend was to get rid of the tubs, mm-hmm. and now we're starting to see people realize that, oh, I kind of missed the tub. Yeah. So especially if they get like a dog or something, it's like, oh, I don't have anywhere to really bathe the dog or they get you know they have kids now and and Mm -hmm. now they need a place to bathe kids and so it's yeah so that's why good wisdom to keep at least one in the house or a place to hide from the dogs or a place to hide from the kids you can get in the tub make some suds yeah there you go i saw a video the other day of uh it was something about when when dad plays when mom's away or something and they had uh i guess a like a a blower or you know some kind of an air generator in the tub Mm mm-hmm and this guy had suds up to the ceiling. And the kids were in the tub looking out the bubbles. Oh, my gosh. And it looked like so much fun. Oh, yeah. Some of these... Well, uh, the kids have all the fun. Some of the really uh, fancy tubs have all sorts of interesting... Uh, I'm going to call them therapies because that's what they yeah, call them. You exactly. have like aromatherapy where you're mm-hmm. dealing with nice smells and chromatherapy you're dealing with, with different lights. And, and then you've got you know, air therapies where they're putting different jets in to get different types of bubbles and mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, I guess it's all works. I've never really tried, but <laughs> well, when I I when I was young and my parents would go out of town, I'd stay with a, a lady and she had like the air jets in the tub and she would do that. And I used I have the great greatest bubble bath summer. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, I was 23. I didn't know any better. No, I was a lot younger than that. But anyway, so that's kind of fun thing to to think about is how you would uh, redo a bathroom and those are that's very popular. The master bath is a big deal. Oh yeah. Master baths are where where people really stretch their legs. You'll see you'll see those whirlpool, those air jet tubs, steam steam showers, walk-in showers, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. 436-7900-1800-925-1120. Joshua Dunlap can help you with any of your kit and caboodles that you might need to be worked on right now as he is a home consultant with Mosby Building Arts. And we'll take more of your calls here coming up here on KMOX. Top of the hour, we'll have the news, of course, get you up to date on what's going on around uh, St. Louis and around the nation, get an update on the forecast and those storms that could be coming through tomorrow after the storms came through this morning. That's all ahead on KMOX. KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company. Schleider Painting, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. Scott is off today. I am Brian Kelly, and no, I'm not telling you what to do to fix your house, because I don't know. Joshua Dunlap does, though. He's a home consultant with Mosby Building Arts. And Joshua, how's it going? It's going great. All right, very good. You ready to, to, to face the crowd First hour was awesome. Let's get the second one under, under our belts. Yeah. All right. First up, leading off, hour number two is Ava. Ava, how are you today? Okay. What you got for us? Yes, I have a question uh, about concrete. I have a, a two-car driveway, and uh, the concrete is about uh, 12 years old, and it's kind of it, it like hairline cracks in some spots, and then in a lot of spots they've got like holes, you know, where the concrete has come out round little holes. What would you suggest to correct that, or uh, is there anything? Well, um, concrete, unfortunately, once it's poured, you pretty much get what you get, Um, and it really comes down to to maintenance. If the cracks are hairline, um, concrete cracks. It's it's kind of the nature of the beast a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
but we're, what about the ones where there's little circles, you know, uh, and the concrete has come out? Yeah, uh, that that's probably either there goes by a couple different names, pockmarking or spalling. Um, and really, what what's going on is moisture is getting into that top layer, and you know, usually during the winter when you have some freezing and some thawing, and that aggregate or whatever is in there, you know, pocket mm-hmm. will fill up with water and it will freeze, and it just kind of breaks the concrete apart. Uh, there's mm-hmm. really not a great way to fix it and have it look good because the concrete when it was originally poured is very very difficult to match. So mm-hmm. you have a couple options. Uh, you can apply a sealer to it, and you can apply okay. a sealer with some tinting or or some colorant in it to kind of give the driveway a more uniform approach, and mm-hmm. that will help keep the water under, under control. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, you know, p- to put a top coat on, uh, you know, to, to use a, uh, you'll see like a, an epoxy pebble or other kind of uh, applied coating to kind of just resurface the concrete. You know, you may not be, need, need to look at that yet, but that is, is an option. Mm-hmm. But sealing uh, would help, huh? I would, it, it, that sealing helps keep the moisture under control. It, it always will let moisture out, and because concrete's generally installed on the ground, you don't want to lock anything in, but it does help keep it under control to where it's not like sponging up everything that it can. Um, you want to okay. pay attention to the type of ice melt you use. If you can stay, mm-hmm. stay away from like salt, uh, that would that'd be a good advice. Like a calcium chloride is better uh, because it, it's stays fluid longer, and calcium is actually can help uh, concrete st- get a little bit stronger. Uh, it's used mm-hmm. it's used during when it's when it's poured. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that so. But during the we- weather is where your concrete suffers the most. Mm, I see. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. All right, thank Bye. you very much for the call. We now go to Jane, and Jane, you are on with Joshua on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. I think I have an electrical problem. I have a kitchen radio that's mounted under my cabinet. Across the room, I have a door to my basement. I have a light switch there. Whenever I have the radio on and I flip the light switch on, the radio has a humming noise through it or static. Um, What could be doing that? Couple different things that come to mind. Um, the first one is, uh, if if you've energized a transformer somewhere, that radio can be picking up that electromagnetic faint transference and trans, uh, and it's just coming through the the speaker. Um, it could also be where the uh, power coming into your house is is a little noisy by by default. It could just comes from the power plant that way, and you could be getting a little bit of of back feed through the radio. Uh, one of the ways you could you could uh, work around that is to get a uh, filter uh, from and plug the radio into the wall into the filter, then plug that into the wall. <laughs> okay, like what kind? What's the filter? Honestly, I couldn't speculate on on which type of one. Brian, you have you heard? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I would maybe go to like a, a store where they sell electronics, I, something I, like that. I, I would have recommended Radio Shack in the past, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, depending on how how you are on on the internet, you might try just googling uh, a uh, RF filter or something like that for for an appliance to plug into. Well, you might also give it, get an electrician out because it could be an indication where you might have a problem where like a bad ground or or something like that has happened to cause some interference. Um, so it might might be worth reaching out uh, to get someone out to take a look at it. Great. Okay, well, thank you so much. 
You're very welcome. Thank you, and thank you very much for listening to us, even when you turn that light on across the room that makes the radio buzz. We appreciate that. It is 1214. Your call could be next at 436-7900-1800-925-1120, as Joshua Dunlop is taking your questions on the Helitech Home Improvement Show on KMOX. It's 1218, and I am Brian Kelly, sitting in for Scott Mosby today as he is off, and Joshua Dunlap, home consultant with Mosby Building Arts, is here. It's 78 degrees right now in St. Louis. We do have Cardinals baseball for you. Again, a reminder that it's an earlier-than-usual game in Cincinnati. They're going to start at 540 tonight. So our Ameren Total Access pregame is at 445, and leading into that, you'll have Fred Bottomer's health program that you'll want to check out. So stay with us. We are at your service here on KMOX, and if you would like to talk to Josh and get your home remodeling or other questions about your home in 436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120 are the numbers to call. Now, if you're worried about the exterior of your home, Mosby Building Arts has a seminar coming up that will help you with that. Tell us about that, Joshua. Yeah, uh, it's next week, August 24th at 1030. Uh, It's in De Pere. Excuse me. Uh, if you're interested in attending that, uh, you can reach our office at 314-909-1800, or you can go online to mosbybuildingarts.com forward slash seminars for more information. And basically, it's just an open forum to uh, you know, voice, you know, hear some uh, some new information about what's going on in the trends and the common things that people see when dealing with the exteriors of their house with doors and windows, siding, roofing, gutters, drainage, and things like that. Um you can come, uh, ask, ask our team of experts uh, some questions and get some answers. And if you have a project, you can get some you get started on that. Uh, but, yeah, we host seminars throughout the year on different subjects, and this exteriors one is coming up this next week. And the timing is important because you do have fall not that far away, and then, of course, winter. You never know what's gonna, what, it, what it has in store for us. So is this a good time of year to, if you're thinking about doing it, I guess you better jump on it. Yeah, this is a good time. It's it's kind of in a sweet spot before the leaves start falling, and but it's still a little warm, so you're not you can still do roofing projects. Uh, you, you grant you don't want to be up there when it's like crazy hot, right? Uh, but the warmer the temperature, the better the roof will bond. Uh, so there are you know there's definitely a time to be looking at the exteriors, especially when weather's starting to shift and things like that. Um, but, but for even on the interior side, um, if you wanted to be looking at a bigger renovation, like a new kitchen or something like that, now's the time to get in there, start planning, because if you want it ready for the holidays, now's when you need to get started. So. No question. So again, when and where is the seminar? <clears throat> the seminar is at the Lodge and De Pere, uh, August 24th at 1030 a.m., and usually we're there for a couple, few hours. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, there'll be like a hour long presentation on, you know, everything latest and greatest and up to datest on exteriors and then a little question and answer afterwards and, and, uh, and yeah. So next Saturday, right after total information AM weekend. Perfect. Pretty much. All right. We got the day planned. Let's go to Brian. Another Brian. He is online and we are at your service. Brian, what can we do for you? Yeah, I've got an older bathtub in my bathroom, and for some reason, I'm thinking maybe the finish or the coating on whatever is starting to become porous, because after a couple of months um, having to get something like an Ajax cleaner or something like that to really scrub it clean, it lasts for a while, and then it does it all over again. I was wondering if there's some kind of sealant that I can put on the bathtub, the floor of the bathtub to keep that from occurring any further. 
Unfortunately, there there really isn't a great solution um, for, in terms of like anything like over the off the shelf kind of thing. I've got the same problem with my bathtub. Uh, my I, my house is over a hundred years old, and the iron tub in the top, the enamel is just wearing out. Um, and so yeah, I've got rust spots in the bottom. Um, I, I've kind of gotten to cleaning it with some uh, CLR, uh, and right. it just brightens it up for maybe two or three weeks. Uh, but honestly, you know, the things that I'm facing and, and considering because I really, really like the look of this tub is to call a company to come out and uh, coat the tub uh, with like a, with an enamel, and basically that's your best your best bet. Uh, they'll they'll kind of scrub it within an inch of its life, get that ready to take a paint uh, because that's essentially what it is, and then they they recoat the tub. It, I would recommend doing it professionally, uh, but it is. Um, it, it can and will wear out after a few years. Um, you, you're gonna, it, it will start flaking off because it, it will wear through. Um, short of replacing the tub, that's really kind of like your only other option. Okay, the reason I say is because a couple of times I've scrubbed it really well, and I've actually used like a, a, a gloss white paint to put it over there. And it seems to last for like three months, then the paint will start peeling, and then I got to do it all over again. I'm thinking, yep. well, I don't want to get the buzz on, just you know, smelling paint fumes all that time. Well, I guess I'll have to do that. All right, thank you for the info. You're very welcome. Thank you. And while you're doing that, get some air jets in that tub so you can take some really fun bubble baths. I would say, I would just sell, tell people, you know, that's just the character of the tub. It's just, it's character, right? Isn't that what you say when you have something that's old and worn out? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, of uh, course. And then, and then, of course, remodel it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you, you live in a century-old home. I do. My, house, my Kirkwood house uh, was 1894, I think. Um, and it's nothing, no, no remarkable character. It's just an old house, but the, you know the stuff that's in it is is as old. Um, so yeah, we deal with some little nuances like that. So as you looked at it, remodeled it, I'm sure you've done some work on it. I do uh, take work home every s- once in a while. Some yeah, surprises along the way. Have you pulled out a wall and found something, or pulled off uh, old wallpaper and seen something? Or absolutely, yeah. I've I've got uh, several different several stories. Uh, so, being built in the 1800s when there was no regard for energy efficiency or things like that, um, you know, there was no insulation in my walls. So, one of the biggest projects that I did was I pulled all the siding off the house and all the boards off the si- outside of the house, put insulation in from the outside, and then resheeted it and then put new siding on. When I was doing that, I found that had, you know, treasure that had fallen from the attic. Over the years, had got gotten inside the walls, and I found a bunch of kids' toys, some old jewelry, a couple old shoes, uh, a lot of just kind of junky stuff like you'd find in any old attic. Uh-huh. But the fact that it you know could be a hundred years old or something like that was pretty cool. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, an old Did- pack of cigarettes, a b- bush beer can with a pull top, and oh. a Schlitz can. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ooh, I don't even know if I keep a Schlitz can today. But anyway, uh, so did, did you have restrictions on what you could do, especially dealing with the outside of the house? In terms of... Uh, Any historic protections, anything like that? I, I don't live in a historic district, okay. so no. I was able to kind of do as I saw fit, and that, that was great for me because that allowed me to put a vinyl siding on my house because, because I was very budget conscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, we went from paying over $500 a month and heating and cooling cost to about 150. So wow. it was it was game changing for us. Yeah, it was no well question. worth the money. We, we the return on that investment happened in a matter of years. I bet it did. So. Yeah. If you have any questions, if you have an old house, need some remodeling, a new house you're looking to update, anything else uh, having to do with your home, give us a call at 436-7900 1-800-925-1120. It is the 
Helitech Home Improvement Show. I'm Brian in for Scott, and that's Joshua, and he will take your call next on KMOX. Straight up 1229, I'm Brian Kelly in for Scott today. Joshua Dunlap is here. He's a home consultant at Mosby Building Arts, and you can talk to him at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. And you were mentioning uh, off the air, we were talking about your your home work that you did on your century-old home and how how you found the, the dirt that settled in it just from being next to a, a pretty busy road over the years. I guess you don't really think about that, but sure. I mean, it's stirring up all kinds of stuff, and where is it going to go? Oh, yeah. it, it uh, Houses were never, weren't built back then to be airtight like they are now. Mm-hmm. So the siding was basically you know fastened right to the studs and then plasterboard on the inside. So that was op- essentially open to the outside. So, yeah, as, as air moved through that wall, it brought whatever was with it. And it does the same thing in our houses even nowadays. You open up a window, open up a door, whatever's outside is coming in through those openings. And it, it, it's, for lack of a better description, it's just pollution and you got to deal with it. And so, I guess as old as that house was, the, the road was probably not paved for a long time. Probably so not. In the years, it was a lot of dust coming in. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. The, the six inches of, of super fine dust that I found at the bottom of the, of the stud spaces <laughs> is a testament to that for history. sure. History. You got history in your hands right there. Oh, yeah, right yeah, there. yeah. Now, at 4 o'clock today, Fred Bottomer just stopped in. He has his Health Matters show, and we we're talking about, you know, kind of jokingly, but, you know, Health Matters, as our producer Cole pointed out, and, yeah, it does, and a Healthy Home Matters. And you said, yeah, it really does. Talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah, Healthy Home, and, and when you have a healthy home, the people inside it are generally healthy as well. Uh, indoor air quality and things like that, uh, you know, really translate into keeping you comfortable, healthy, and safe in your own house. And you, that's what you want: heating, good heating and cooling system, adequate ventilation, you know, managing that moisture, keeping all those indoor and outdoor pollutants under control. That helps keep you safe, keep you healthy in your own house. And one of the things that we talk about when talking about trends and even a healthy home would be the way that we're all connected, smart everything in our homes nowadays. Do you get a lot of people now wanting to, especially in an older home, try to retrofit to make sure that they can do everything on their phone or their iPad or whatever it may be? Varying degrees, but there's there's definitely more and more interest each and every year as, as the technology improves and it becomes more ubiquitous. Uh, the things you can do with a with a smartphone these days are just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can you you can get monitoring devices. You can have a, you can get an email or a text from your washing machine. You can you can set your hot pot or whatever to go on at a certain time or your oven or you, you, there's a lot of more controls you can have if you're interested if you need that kind of thing. So you can spend your time doing other things rather than oh is it time to change the laundry. Oh, well, no, I just got a text from my phone and says I got another five minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got up the other day and I told Sue, I said, I think we need a clapper because I want to turn off the television. And that that's like the original smart home, right? Yeah. 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 That's, and, that's and, how advanced I am. That's absolutely right. Is it very difficult to retrofit an old home with some of that smart technology? Um, honestly, I would say no. Um, it is a commitment because you're, you are going to have to buy some some bits and pieces to help control that. Uh, but with wireless technology, Bluetooth technology, and being in the Internet of Things connected to Wi-Fi, uh, really it's just a matter of getting some sort of control system very discreetly placed, you know, to control that, and then, you know, figuring out how to power it. Uh, usually it's getting power, you know, we're dealing with electronics or electrical devices, mm-hmm. so it's relatively easy to do. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 a kind of a, a varied field about what's out there and how discreet you want it to be and, and how intuitive you want it to be. 
Let's go to the phone lines, and Teresa is calling in, and she's having issues with her patio. Hi, Teresa. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, my pleasure. So uh, around nine years ago, we had uh, an extension put on our home, and they poured a patio probably 12 feet by eight feet, 18 feet. And I guess it wasn't done right because over the last several years, we've had that patio settle and pull down the siding that it's attached to on our house. And we even had a uh, surfacing done on the patio, sort of a pebble look, and that's cracking too. So I guess the underlying patio is not good. So I'm just trying to figure out, should we just rip that whole patio up and start over or... What do you recommend? We even had somebody come out and put, uh, inject, I guess, foam or something under it. But I don't think that that's going to be a long-term fix. Well, actually, Any idea? I, yeah, actually, the, the poly, uh, poly jacking or, or whatever that sounds like you had done, that would have been my first call. Like, Helitech is a great uh, resource for that. Um, but if that, if that slab's moving around uh, and, and, and the jacking didn't help, yeah, I think you're just kind of in that position where you just it's time to really face replacing it and doing it and doing it right. Uh, maybe pouring a frost wall or something to really really lock it in uh, because the ground you put the concrete on really matters. And you need to make sure that it's not going to be moving around on you when the, when the temperature changes and things freeze and things stuff like that. Should a patio attach to the house so, so that it's pulling those pieces of siding down, though? That's what's really puzzling. There's a different... There's not there's there's not a, a one so one answer for that. Uh, there are cases where you can attach a patio to the house where you dowel it in, and you want that because you want to keep like flooring levels aligned. Uh, but from a structural standpoint, you it, unless your patio is um, locked into the soil and it's not going to be affected by freeze thaw cycles, you kind of want it to let it do its own thing. And you'll see like an expansion joint at the house to kind of allow for that. Uh, but properly installed, you shouldn't see a lot of movement in either the house or the patio. So it sounds like they maybe didn't do their due diligence on the on the fr- front end when you had that put in, and they maybe just poured concrete on, right on grade and it's just sliding around on you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thank you very much, Teresa. Good luck with that. Uh, it's twelve thirty-five and four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. The numbers to call. So, Joshua, one of the trends that apparently we're seeing a lot are people who are decorating in a modern farmhouse style. Do you see a lot of that now? I do. Um, the farmhouse sink, I think, is probably one of like the the quintessential example of what that is. And essentially, it's either uh, cast iron, stainless, or a, a big metal sink that has an apron that comes over the top, the front of the, the cabinet and then kind of goes down a little bit and then there's a couple smaller doors underneath and one big wide bowl with a big high arc faucet. That's kind of like a, 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 a hallmark of that farmhouse style. Um, also like a, sh- a shaker cabinet or a, 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 that's door style where you have kind of a very simple squared panel look to your doors and drawers. Um, and also maybe like a separate hutch in a different in a different part of the room where you maybe can showcase some china or uh, other kind of things behind glass doors. Uh, a lot of the color scheme is also kind of indicative where you're seeing some of the more earth tones and a little of the blues and and darker reds uh, will come up, come out in that that style. Hmm, that's in, is that kind of a thing that comes and goes like a lot of things, or is that fairly in, a new trend? 
I would say there, it's never really gone away. It's always kind of there. Um, I, I think from uh, from my experience, it, it's it's a very popular because it, it kind of has a timeless feel. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it reminds us of times past, and with a modern touch where you've got new appliances, uh, you, you get some added benefit. Where you can have new appliances that are energy efficient, but also look like they are, are old. Yeah, the, the simple life, right? Yeah, That's yeah. Kind of what we're all harkening we're all back after. to a, a simpler time. Yeah, for sure. Four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five. The numbers to call. We're visiting with Joshua Dunlap. He is a home consultant at Mosby Building Arts, and we'll take your call next on the Helitech Home Improvement Show on KMOX. And we're going to hear more about Petapalooza next weekend on Total Information AM. And if you missed Total Information AM this morning, actually it is Clear the Shelter Day, which is where they encourage people to go out and find a shelter dog. Talk to Stray Rescue. They're our voice of caring partner for the month of August. And you can hear that interview at KMOX.com on the podcast page. Also found out about an adoption service, uh, very important information there, and a whole lot more from this morning's Total Information AM. I'd be honored if you checked it out. KMOX.com, the podcast page. Just look for Total Information AM Weekend. A woodpecker causing some problems for Karen. Karen, you are on with the answer man, Joshua Dunlap. Sure. I don't know what to do because I've got a woodpecker doing, like, extreme damage to the back of my house. I've had the... um ant company come out and they said i don't really have an issue there they're not sure why he's attacking it but he's taken out almost the entire top of a board on a tudor house okay um this uh, yeah uh, a pest control company or an animal control company would be my first uh yeah, he's my, not allowed to do anything to a woodpecker he says they're protected uh, okay um wow. yeah it's kind of a <laughs> my my first suggestion would be to replace the wood that they're going after because generally they they know a little bit something more about what's going on there than than meets the eye. Uh, typically, woodpeckers are you know they're they're going after a food source and they may there may actually be grubs or or bugs or something like that in that wood that they're going after. So they're seeing that as as a, a viable food source. Uh, we need to take that food source away or otherwise you know you know, make it so that it's, it's unfavorable to them. And we could replace it with new wood or uh, composite materials to kind of still keep the look of the Tudor style, uh, but just make it so it's not re, uh, not going to be, you know, woodpecker fodder anymore. Okay. Uh, and you know, so, so once I replace that wood, if the woodpecker keeps coming back and attacking my house, I mean, they said I'm allowed to deal with it because he's doing harm to my home, but... Um, that they're not allowed to deal with it because, you know, they're an official pest company. So would you recommend anything in particular or just, um, like, a beating above that board or...? Um, there's a couple temporary solutions of, you know, install, and they're not going to be very attractive, but installing some sheet metal over the areas that they're attacking uh, can, okay. can, can kind of uh, get them to look elsewhere. Hopefully that elsewhere is not, your, not another place in your house. Um, okay. You could also, and I, I think they're. We kind of, hung an owl, but it's not yeah, working. <laughs> I, I was going to recommend the plastic owl. Um, I've seen them work. I've seen them not. Uh, you yeah. know, basically a, some sort of a scarecrow kind of kind of thing. Uh, right. you, you might also call um, the conservation department and see what they can recommend. If they might have a specialist who can come and maybe uh, trap the animal and take it and relocate it, rehome it. Um, okay. Yeah, that might be a resource, and and uh, that a pest control company wouldn't necessarily be connected with. 
And is that too small of a job for Mosby? You guys have built some things for us in the past that they weren't like this, just one board that's, you know, across the back of the house. Is that something you would recommend we call someone else for, or is that something you get involved in? Oh, no, we, we do projects of all sizes. I've, I've, okay. I, I go out and I'll look at just about anything. Um, okay. we, we have we'll lots of people with lots of skills able to respond to all sorts of things. So I'd say it's definitely something that we can come out and take a look at. Just give our office a call, you know, 314 909 Wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Yeah, Karen, I'm looking at something here called Beak Guard, and it uses a similar to what they use for kids who suck their thumbs to get okay. them to stop. And it's a little expensive, it looks like, but maybe, you know, do a search and maybe see if that's something that might work for you. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. You're very welcome. Let's go to Ed. Ed might need some mud jacking work. Ed, you are on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Yes. Uh, the young man who, anyway, he mentioned mud jacking. And I live in St. Louis Hills. I'm in a brick house. But I got a sidewalk along the gangway that is, is really good, but it, it it's going into the house and i am going i just got a bid to have that wall done it's, it's a two-story home and i got the wall done and i'm going to have it tuck pointed by the premier tuck pointer that anyway anyway it's going to cost me eight thousand dollars but i got water running into my basement because this good cement slant it into the house. Mud jacking technology must have gotten a lot better than it used to be because I I think he mentioned hill attack. I think I could get that my that good cement. It's just a walk, mud jacked up, so it slides away from the house. I would like him to talk more about what is mud jacking. Yeah, um, excellent question. Uh, mud jacking is essentially uh, using a, 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 a mix of a, like a concrete material that uh, is injected under a concrete slab to lift it up, and then it will basically solidify just like regular concrete in the position that it is that the, that you were looking for, um, over the the with the advent of newer technology, that can also be done with polyurethane foam. Uh, so you're not, and, and that might be the right decision to make, especially if you have a lot of area to fill, because polyurethane foam is by far lighter, but it's also very structurally stable. So if you do, if you're not in a position to where you can afford to have that kind of weight of a large area of of uh, concrete mud. Uh, you might want to look at, at polyjacking, as they call it. Uh, but those are two tools in that toolbox of realigning slabs back to where they need to be to put, to have them pointing the right direction to shed the water away from the house. Exactly, you're exactly right because it, 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 uh, this is a gangway. You know, it's it's between. This is St. Louis Hills. This is a gangway between two houses. Do you see? It's just, yeah. Gets me out to the garage, but but because of it's a seventy-year-old house, and because the water came off the roof, went down, and it, and it went, it, it's going into a stone foundation. Do you see? And yeah. Now I get water in the stone foundation, but it's a great house. I'm not talking about a frame house here. I'm talking about I'm talking about a St. Louis Hills 
they're not knocking these houses down for the brick. Oh no, that's that's uh, a, a beautiful neighborhood. I've done oh, you're many. Oh, kidding? Oh, I, many I, many projects down there. Wilmore Park and all up and down Holly oh, Hills. And yeah, I'll tell you, I rode through Wilmore Park today on my bicycle, and I'll tell you, I was very very lucky. Uh, uh, Twenty five years ago, my sister found me this house, and it's the best investment I ever made. Oh, and you're, and you're like next door to Ted Drews, so right, well, trust me, trust, trust oh. me. I tell you, <laughs> I don't go to Ted Drews on my bicycle because it's too crowded. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that, it's a great neighborhood. Oh, we, really, we, I, I'll yeah. tell you, really, I, I'm going to I'm going to say one last thing. I'm going to hang up because I this is not true, but I am proud to say this is a two family right right on the rim right on the rim of St. Louis Hill. And I am proud to say, I am the. I am proud to say, I am the poorest homeowner in St. Louis Hills. <laughs> hey, you're in St. Louis Hills, so that's that's a huge win well, in my book. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because everybody else is helping my property value. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Ed, thank you very much for the call. And uh, next time you go to Ted Drews, pick me on up, will you? Gosh, that sounds good. Okay, <laughs> apparently Alfred Hitchcock has tapped into the program here, because now we have sparrows eating brick. And Nick has that issue. How are you doing, Nick? Well, I wish uh, you could solve this problem for me. We put sand out there, owls, uh, snakes, uh, and so on down the line. But they have mauled a front column. I'm also in the Hills area. uh, And uh, they have just uh, attacked my brick. Uh, and there's other places there, other houses that are frankly getting a little bit, but right in, literally in front of my house, one of the columns, so to speak, is uh, is just being mauled. There, uh, you, you can't catch them, <laughs> and I and I'm at a loss uh, as to what to do. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I wish there was was a, a, a an elegant way to deal with it, but usually, have it, you it, heard it before? I have. I, I mean, the the weird stories I've heard of animals doing crazy things to people's houses just is is no end. Uh, I think my favorite is the squirrels that will get up on the roof and eat the lead flashings and roof boots off the house. And I'm like, it's lead. Mm-hmm. Come on. How could you not know that's bad for you? But, of course, they're squirrels. So uh, uh-huh. <laughs> they, well. the squirrels are eating patio furniture and, and aluminum fences and like, what? Uh, what's the benefit? And and what I I told the previous caller about you know they're, they're identifying it as a food source of some kind. So there's really you really got to go out of your way to, to to either remove the 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 critter um, and and rehome them somewhere else, or uh, you got to you got to get pretty creative with your solutions. And you know so I I've had conversations with the conservation department, uh, various pest control companies about what can be done for certain things. Um, and sometimes just you end up having to replace. Uh, you know, things you shouldn't have to replace, but you end up having to just to get the critter to not be interested in that area anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well, bizarre. I'm also afraid of uh, chasing them to the next spot of my house too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's 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 unbelievable how much they damage they've done over time. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, I would say that you know a, a neighborhood cat could help you know control some birds, but then you hear about cats being a problem, so then you get a neighborhood dog, and then the dog becomes right. a problem. So it's yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Appreciate your time. Oh yeah, appreciate the call. That's interesting. Two bird calls in the last few minutes. Let's go now and talk about cement and pea gravel with Dave and Afton. Good day, Dave. How are you? 
Doing well, doing well. A couple of years ago, my wife wanted me to uh, put in this patio area. It's about 12 feet away from the house, 30 feet long, and first to put down a base, and it slopes. And then she said, well, let's do pea gravel and level it out. So I built this kind of retaining wall with just uh, about three blocks high, meaning a big circle, and put in three inches of pea gravel. Well, now she says a year later, you know what? The dogs are dragging it in the house. It's hard to clean the poop out of that. I want to take this all out and put in cement. And I'm going, yeah, yeah. And so I saw one spot where somebody took cement, mixed it in with the pea gravel, and made it hard like a cement. Is that reasonable or doable? Well, essentially, that is what a concrete is. Uh, whether it's using pea gravel or limestone or some other kind of crushed rock, you're taking mm-hmm. a Portland cement, mixing it with a aggregate, like a, a fine aggregate like sand and a big aggregate like that pea gravel, and mm-hmm. then it will stratify into hardened concrete. So um, if you want to keep the look of the, that, mm-hmm. that pea gravel, you can do something called exposed aggregate where they basically wash off the top layer after the concrete is almost set and it re- exposes that aggregate. You can get really beautiful finishes like with that. Um, but you, underneath any kind of concrete, you want to make sure that you, you the base is, is handled correctly. Usually you're putting some compacted gravel down so you have drainage underneath there and it's compacted so that it can adequately support the concrete above it. And you're going to want to want that slab to be around three to four inches thick on, a, on like a walk or something like that. Okay, Otherwise, you're going to end up with, uh, with essentially pavers, which may not be a bad look if that's what you're going for. And how much uh, would I just put in Portland cement or would I do a Portland cement sand mix? And how much would I put in and do I section it off and put in spacers? Or If, if you could do a formed-in-place concrete pour, um, the, the actual ratio of concrete, I don't, I don't have it right in front of me. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're going to be looking at adding a Portland cement to, you know, in a, a, a ratio to like a sand and then a gravel or something like that. Uh, with okay. with the right amount of water, and essentially that's that's the formula for concrete. You can probably find it online, um, okay. or there's probably dozens of books out there about doing that kind of thing. Uh, but you can do some pretty cool stuff with concrete. So pretty much practically, I just dump out the the bags on top, work it in, and step back and pour a bunch of water on it, and then come back in three days. You would what you would end up with, <laughs> I guess technically be called concrete. I couldn't vouch for its durability uh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah essentially Mm -hmm. and they've got some uh bag mixed concrete that's formulated now to to be basically put in dry and it it pulls moisture out of the ground and the air and that's what helps it cure so yeah i just don't want to pull all this pea gravel out because that was a lot of work bringing all that back there oh yeah oh yeah i i I feel your pain (laughs) (laughs) thank you my, Thank you much. My advice, Dave, is to ask the wife. <laughs> um, first I said no, and then I, I thought exactly what you said. It's like, oh, wife said this. I better rethink it. <laughs> uh, you're a happily married man. Thank you, Dave. I am. 30, 39 years. <laughs> right. Good for you. Another 39. Yeah. Well done. Congratulations. Dave Thank from Afton wraps it up today on Total Information. Uh, this isn't Total I made through the whole show without saying that. It's the Helitech Home Improvement Show. And Joshua Dunlap, thanks for being here today. Gave out some great advice, and I appreciate you being here. It's always a blast being here. I appreciate you having me, Brian. Scott Mosby is off this week, but he'll be back soon. Coming up next, we have the news for you here. And have yourself a great Saturday and enjoy it here on KMOX. It's 1257.